Hello everyone, Mistress Harley here, your number one source of sexy news, informative fetishism, and BDSM content here in podcast land. And of course, this week my topic is another fetish that you've either never heard of or you know is being slowly banned from the internet, which is the poppers and intox fetishes. What is the intox fetish? It's exactly what it sounds like. A fetish that revolves around being intoxicated. And there are so many ways you can be intoxicated. And I'm going to tell you about all the various niches and arms that these fetishes take. But first, as always, sex in the news. And this week, well, I've been in the news a lot recently. I did an article in Vice about OnlyFans and how they're censoring pornography. I did an interview in an article in OK about Love Island stars cashing in on OnlyFans in the Mirror UK. And another interview I gave in Vice about anti-porn crusaders who are suing Twitter. These are the same people that sued Pornhub, that are pressuring the banks, are working with Exodus Cry, who I talked about last episode. And the issue of porn on the internet and censorship and how the payment processors and these religious right-wing nut jobs all tie together. In the interview I gave to Vice, the article was called Anti-Porn Crusaders Are Going After Twitter Next. I said that the issue of adult content moderation on Twitter is about accountability. There's no reason any anonymous human should be able to post whatever porno they want, because how do you know that that's not a child or that's not a consenting adult? Porno does already have laws regulating it, and in the United States, those laws are referred to as 2257 compliance regulations. The lack of accountability for people posting is what leads to an environment where people feel that they can get away with posting whatever they want. And since porn isn't illegal, it is in fact regulated, there's no reason that platforms should be universally banning legal adult content under the guise of purging the illegal content. There's already a method to determine if somebody is 2257 compliant, and if all these platforms just applied those standards to adult creators, you wouldn't have this problem. So I suggested that, you know, the little blue verified checkbox they give to people on Twitter who are like the president, they should give adult content creators a red scarlet verified checkmark, kind of like the scarlet letter, but the scarlet checkmark to indicate that that person is in compliance with 2257 regulations. That's how porn became legal in the first place by regulating it and proving that all consenting parties were adults and 
consenting. So this issue of censorship and porn just means, like always, the industry is going to have to actually tighten up and run a tight ship. No more stealing porn, ladies, and putting it in your gay conversion videos. That's actually a crime. And I think that if long as the industry is regulated in a way that is ensuring the safety of adult performers, there's nothing wrong with that. But if they don't do that, then platforms will just ban porn entirely because it's too much trouble. As always, you can read all of my interviews, watch all of my TV appearances, and listen to all of my podcast guest stars on mistressharley.com slash press. But there's always more sex in the news than just me. And this week, I keep seeing a story about a startup that is going to make more sex toys and more kinky fetish gear for people with disabilities. And that's an exciting prospect because the more inclusion we have in the world of sex and sex tech, the better it is for everyone. And of course, everyone is abled differently. The same way everyone has excitement and even orgasms in a different way, what works for one may not work for another, being inclusive of differently abled people just means that there's a bigger variety for everyone. And that's a good thing. And we live in a world that acknowledges not just physical disabilities, but of course, mental issues that interfere with sex as well, such as depression or anxiety. And being inclusive of these people and their needs and fetishes and the kinky world and the LBGTQ world really just means a more inclusive and better environment for everyone. Personally, I want to see more in the way of hands-free sex toys for everyone, regardless of gender identity. I think everyone should be able to get off like a fucking robot. That would be the best. And really, there just needs to be a larger variety because, yeah, some people want that giant, huge dildo that will tear you apart, and other people don't even want a dildo. So there needs to be more fun stuff for everyone. And your favorite long-distance sex toy company, Levents, is putting out a lot of new toys that are interactive and remote controlled and good for cam shows and sex games and couples. And of course, I love the Levens brand because I use their remote controlled butt plugs on a lot of my slaves. You too can get a remote controlled sex toy and pay for me, Mistress Harley, to control it. It's a lot of fun for me and maybe frustrating, maybe fun for you. <laughs> we'll see what you deserve, huh? But I think that if the pandemic has been good for anything, it's been good for delivery and sex toys. 
next sex toy delivery. But more restaurants deliver now than ever. I remember in Beverly Hills, so many fancy restaurants used to put on their menu, our food doesn't travel well, so we don't do delivery. Sorry. But really, sometimes you want some of the best steak or the best sushi, and you don't actually want to put on pants and go out. So because of the pandemic, in order to survive, these restaurants had to meet the market's demands. And now I can get pretty much anything I want delivered to my house all the time. And I live in California, so delivery food, delivery weed, delivery fucking everything, and it is great. So the pandemic has also been great for sex toys because people are home and alone now more than ever. And my God, if they're not diddling themselves, they'd probably be out doing mayhem. So sex tech is coming along quite nicely. Now, if only there was a better long distance chastity device. I really want the people at Levens to make a chastity device. Fans, if you're listening, tweet at Levens and tell them they need to make a chastity device. Because currently, the only long distance chastity device that is okay is the cellmate. And I've used the cellmate on a lot of my subs, but that just doesn't work as well as you'd want it to. Sometimes the Bluetooth connectivity is not good. Sometimes the internet connectivity is not good. One of my subs put the cellmate on and it caused him to have a skin reaction that basically burned a hole in his sack. So there needs to be a better alternative. So if someone from the sex toy industry or Levens is listening, reach out to me. I will collaborate with you on a long distance chastity device and I will tell you exactly how it needs to work because really I tell everyone how everything needs to work, don't I? (laughs) But that's it for Sex in the News today. I'm going to make you listen to a word from our sponsors now because I like getting paid. And then I'm going to talk about our exciting topic today, the taboo fetish of poppers and intox. And after that, new listener mail. So you might be thinking that intox fetish is kind of self-explanatory. Okay, people like to be intoxicated. Obviously, people like to be intoxicated. That's why bars exist. And there are all different kinds of intoxication. But most importantly, there is a taboo idea around intoxication and the intox fetish. And that comes down to an idea that I've discussed many times, which is the idea of consensual non-consent, meaning that some people like to be intoxicated and fucked up so that they'll do the things they actually want to do. Just like slutty college girls drink alcohol to lower their inhibitions so they can be slutty. Here's the secret, everyone. Those slutty girls want to be slutty even when they're not drunk. They drink so they can be slutty. And that is not an excuse for real non-consensual behavior where someone is incapable of consent or where someone has absolutely not consented. There is a clear line between consciousness and unconsciousness or the words yes and no. But the intox fetish 
starts out with the premise that you are getting intoxicated for the purpose of doing slutty things. Now, whether that's having a few drinks before you fuck a stranger, whether that is using poppers, which is actually VCR head cleaner to relax the muscles in your anus, there are a lot of reasons people use intoxicants. And because of the blurry line between consent and non consent when it comes to the credit card companies and the bank, any discussion of intox fetishism is being scrubbed from the internet as we know it. There are still a few sites that allow you to use the word poppers, and there were already sites where you couldn't use the word poppers, but you could use the word aroma. But now even those sites have banned aroma, so you have to use sniffers. Uh, Alert kids, poppers and sniffers are the same now in the porno world because that's the only way to get around the censorship of this fetish. Even though, like so many things, poppers are not illegal everywhere, in the United States, they're sold as video head cleaner. And if you have a VCR, that is the legitimate non-drug use of poppers. Poppers were originally created as VCR head cleaner. Those of you old enough might remember uh, videotapes and VCRs. And shit, I still have a VCR. So I like to collect retro technology. And yeah, I own a VCR. Some people still use them. And there's a lot of archival footage that's on videotape that has not yet been transferred to digital. Think of all the films and videos we might lose if we lose the VCR or, for that matter, video head cleaner. So Video Head Cleaner was made to clean VCRs, and over time, some pervs realized that if you sniffed the Video Head Cleaner, just like huffing paint, it gets you high. And it also has this effect of relaxing the anal sphincter muscle, making all kinds of things like anal sex easier. And if you're a male person with a prostate, then anal sex can be extremely pleasant if you can just get past that pesky little sphincter muscle. For everybody, you can train your sphincter using butt plugs. There's always a beginner set of butt plugs you can get that goes from small to large. So you put the tiniest one in first until you relax, and then the next size until you relax, and then the biggest one until you're ready for sex. And that's a legit way to train your ass. But some people prefer the zero to 60 method that poppers provide. And poppers only started to become regulated and illegal when the government started to realize that people were using them for pleasure. In our puritanical culture, nothing is allowed to be used for pleasure. And are there risks associated with poppers? Yes, there's risks when you put anything in your body that is not supposed to be in your body. And just like huffing, there are risks associated with poppers that are like increased risk of heart attack, chemical burns, nausea, headache, disorientation, sometimes like temporary or maybe even permanent blindness. But people still drink alcohol, and that's been a side effect of alcohol since alcohol been alcohol. 
you know I'm all about risk-informed consensual kink. So if you know the risks of poppers and you still want to do them, that's between you and poppers. I don't think it's anyone else's business, certainly not the government's, or certainly not the credit cards, and certainly not the porn sites to regulate what you do with your body. I'm a feminist and I believe in my body, my choice. And that applies to substance use as well. And of course, you're not allowed on these porn sites to encourage anything that might cause harm because of liability. So even posting a drinking game, okay, you take a shot when I take a shot, that is considered banned content. And it's really because people don't want to get sued. And if you've watched any of my intox videos, you'll notice I have a long legal disclaimer talking about your choice, your body, your responsibility. I am not legally liable for shit. And really, our society just needs to take that approach. You can sign a waiver to jump out of an airplane, a perfectly good airplane with a parachute on, knowing that you could have a terrible accident and your parachute might not open and you could fall thousands of feet to the ground and die. But you can't decide if you want to sniff video head cleaner or not. You can't decide if you want to play a drinking game or not. That's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Why is it okay to willingly risk life, limb, disability, and injury in one case, but not another case? Because jumping out of a plane is fine, but sniffing poppers sniffing poppers is bad. <laughs> but really, I believe that all the substances that people can put in themselves, you should be allowed to. If you want to drink bleach, I don't fucking care. That's between you and the bleach. You should know that it is very bad for you and you could die. But, you know, people do things that could kill them all the time. You could die because of a car accident, and that doesn't stop people from driving cars. So it's just a matter of picking winners and losers. The government has decided that if you like drugs, you're a loser, even though alcohol and cigarettes, that's fine, but that you can't clean your VCRs anymore, but go on and jump out of that fucking airplane, right? No. Part of the problem is because it is so pleasurable, and especially in regards to porn and sex. They already want porn to be the villain. So, of course, anything they can add on, this hurts you, this hurts you, this hurts you, they're going to kind of add it on, piling on. It's kind of like when you're mad at someone, and instead of just talking about what you're mad about, you talk about every old shit item that you've ever been offended by, and you have to bring up all the old shit, and it's always that way with porn. Every time they attack porn, they go after all the old shit, too. So that's why you cannot use the word intox or poppers on most porn sites. So look for those alternative uncensored for now keywords like sniffers and water and beverage because you can't use drinking either. But pretty much everyone I know when they watch porn, they're like smoking weed or drinking booze or what about the strip clubs where some strip clubs serve booze and some strip clubs don't? It's all about this regulation of your experience. So I encourage you to break the mold, do what you want, as long as it is safe, sane, and consensual among adults. 
But that wraps up my primer on the intoxication fetish. So now we move on to my favorite part where losers completely humiliate themselves in listener mail. And as always, if you have a legit question or you're just a perv and you want to humiliate yourself, you can go to mistressharley.com slash podcast and click the message button. You can leave me a voicemail asking a question or even just saying something stupid about yourself and maybe you'll make it on my podcast. Hello, this is Vincent, the depth-slave French faggot of Mistress Harley, and I want to testify here how fucked I am now by Mistress. After I signed an inescapable debt contract with Mistress Harley two months ago, Mistress Harley made me beg to be exposed on a loser all of shame page. Oh my god, I was so weak. So then she cruelly decided to set the removal fee at $1,000. As I don't have such amount, it seems it's gonna be a lifetime exposure. While at the same time, I am drawn into an evil debt that I weekly pay, but that never decreases. Thank you, mistress. I am so fucked. Ah, yes, my little French bitch, Vincent Hubert. (laughs) Vincent has actually been subbing to me for a really long time. I think he first started paying me all the way back in like... 2015, and he's been a little bitch ever since. When he says that he signed an inescapable debt contract, that means that he requested a legal contract, which is drawn up by my lawyer, and the contract states that he owes me a specified dollar amount at an interest rate and a payback rate, and it has extremely exacting standards on when he has to pay this debt and how his payments go. And if he fucks it up, like if he pays at the wrong time of day or the wrong amount, then there are accrued penalties and fees, which of course interest applies to. It's like he's incapable of paying off the debt without screwing it up and making more and more and more debt. Now, because he paid to have this contract drawn up, and because he signed it, he is fucked. When he says he's fucked, he means he is fucked. And he did beg to be exposed on my loser hall of shame. Some of you might know that There's a fetish for guys who just want to expose themselves. I guess it's the same fetish as like those guys that flash you, like wearing a trench coat on the bus and they flash you. It's the same idea, except it's the internet and you would have to go to loserhallofshame.com to see these people. So instead of it being some asshole flashing you on the bus when you did not consent to that shit, if you visit loserhallofshame.com, you know you're going to see these exposed fucking losers. And I've made a video with Vincent Hubert. I have exposed him on Loser Hall of Shame. And yeah, I set the removal fee of his photo at $1,000. I know he can't pay it. So the whole point is that it's inescapable. But that doesn't matter 
thanks to the terms of use on my website. You know how when you install software or go to a website, it says, read the terms of use. And if you use this software or website, you agree to the terms of use. Well, my terms of use say that I own any content that you send me. If you send me a photo of yourself, you've given me unlimited license to publish and use that photo in whatever way I see fit. Maybe it will end up in a documentary. Maybe it'll end up on TV. Little uh, Juan Toro in Spain knows what it's like when you've given me a picture of yourself holding your passport, and then I'm on TV, and there you are on TV next to my face being exposed. So that's how terms of use work. I definitely recommend that if you're on my website, mistressharley.com, or if you're on loserhallofshame.com, make sure you read those terms of use. You need to agree to the terms of use to use the site. So that means I don't even have to offer you a way to remove your photo. Yeah, I told Vincent I would remove his photo for $1,000, but... I don't have a requirement that I have to do that. I could just say no. And certainly, some guys have been rude. And then they ask, how much to remove my photo? And I say, I reserve the right to not remove your photo from the Hall of Shame. It's fucking mine now. And if Vincent is lucky, maybe I won't publish it on the cover of one of my books, like a book called Losers Who Love to Be Exposed. So... That is how guys end up with their pictures and passports on my loser hall of shame. And of course, obviously Vincent gets off on this inescapable debt contract. That's why he paid for it in the first place. I don't pay the lawyer to drop these contracts. You pay the lawyer. I make these guys pay the lawyer. So you're paying for the contract that you sign that says you owe me money. Yeah, I guess you fucked yourself. I guess it's like that line from one of my songs. The worst part is you paid for this. Probably mind fucked by my huge tits. Unfortunately, however, predictably, so many of you are pussies. And even though you have questions, you won't call and leave them as a recorded voicemail because... Did I mention your big fucking pussy? So I'm going to use the end of listener mail today to answer some frequently asked questions. Question that I get all the time, how big is my bra size? To even answer that question, I have to explain to you how bra sizes work. Because if I know anything about males, it's that they think double D is like the biggest boobs, but they have no fucking clue how bra sizes work. So a bra size involves a number and a letter. So you've probably heard 35, double D, or whatever. So the number is the measurement in inches of the underbust, meaning the rib cage section under the boobs. That's where the band of the bra goes to support the girls. So my band size is a 32. Now, the cup size is actually determined by math. It is the difference between the measurement of the bust line, which is measuring all the way around the fullest part of the boobs, and then comparing it to the band size. So, for example, 
if you are a D cup, let's say you're a 30 D, that means your bust size measures 34, A, B, C, D. So if you have a 30 rib cage and a 34 bust, that four inches between the ribs and the bust is what makes the cup size. I know this is harder for you, for you that can't do math. So really, once you start getting into the D's and G's and I's, that's when you start to get double. And that is, of course, more inches added. So the difference between a D and a double D is actually only one inch of bust. So I am a 32, which means 32 inches under my bust around my rib cage, and I'm a double K. That's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M. <laughs> so basically, that's a 12 inch difference, and then double K means 13 inches. So if I'm a 32 underneath my bust, 32 plus 13 is 45. So I have 45 inches around my boobs and 32 under my bust, which makes me a 32 double K. And this is your friendly reminder that it is rude to ask a woman's bra size. Another question that I get asked quite frequently, another rude question is, am I trans? People want to know if I'm trans either to insult me, which personally I don't think is an insult. There are a lot of beautiful trans women or because they want to see my dick. Now, I am not trans. I'm a cisgendered woman, although I think that there are many beautiful T-girls and I don't find it insulting when people ask if I'm trans, even though I know they kind of mean it as an insult. But yeah, I'm a tall woman. I'm six feet tall. And of course, I do have plastic surgery, which a lot of trans women have. And I don't ascribe to the 1950s gender norms that still seem pervasive in Western society. But I swear, if I had a dick, I wouldn't have to use a strap on and I would make you all worship my huge dick all the time. And if it wasn't huge, I would have surgery to make it huge. <laughs> Ultimately, I think this is a rude question that only ever comes from a rude place. And of course, those of you who are familiar with my personal life know that my partner is trans. They identified as male when I met them and then through coercion and making them do the things I wanted them to do, uh, my partner is now a lady. You can call her Mrs. Harley. <laughs> but ultimately, I think trans people are beautiful and that gender expression is just another way that people express themselves, whether that's through tattoos or religion or gender or clothes or hair. It's just another form of expression. So, I'm not insulted when people ask if I'm trans. I just know that they are trying to be insulting. But there you have it. Yes, I'm a cisgendered woman, which means you have to deal with all of my cisgendered man-hating woman problems. <laughs>
The last FAQ I'm going to answer for you guys today is, do I pay taxes? You might remember that a couple of years ago, there was this like incel movement to report sex workers to the IRS as if we don't pay taxes. But of course, every website that you enter your Visa MasterCard information into, like clip sites, OnlyFans, etc., we all get 1099s from those sites. So the government knows we're making that money. And of course, I'm an incorporated business because of the tax benefits that being a business provides. Why would I need the tax benefits if I wasn't paying taxes? So yes, I pay a shit ton of taxes. Income taxes, property taxes, capital gains taxes. I probably pay more taxes on average than a vanilla person person working a vanilla job also because I make more money. So yeah, I pay a shit ton of taxes. And of course, I have an excellent accountant who helps me with tax deferment strategies like investing as much as possible into my 401k and making sure that all of my write-offs are accounted for so that I can get off with the least tax burden that is legally possible. If you're familiar with the rich in America, there are a lot of strategies to reduce your tax burden. And of course, I take advantage of all the legal strategies that the government provides to me. So don't act like I don't pay taxes or I'm doing something shady. Quite frankly, I'm too wealthy to do anything illegal. Because when you have as much money as I have, there's no point in jeopardizing that money by trying to save a few dollars. No, the government provides plenty of legal loopholes for me to optimize my tax strategy. So when you act like, oh, none of these girls online pay taxes. No, we pay more taxes than you know. We probably more pay more taxes than you pay. So that brings me to the end of this short and sweet episode about intox fetish. And if you have questions for me, you can ask them on mistressharley.com forward slash podcast. There is a message button you can click and record a voicemail and you might end up in my listener mail. And of course, I'm literally everywhere on the internet. You can Google Mistress Harley and find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. You can find me everywhere because I am a pervasive and kind of like a virus. Once I get in, you can't get me out. So if you want all my links or you want to send me money, mistressharley.com. Have a sexy day.